After a tough loss in overtime, the Winnipeg Jets are looking for revenge against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And guess what? Reinforcements are coming. We'll dive into all of that and what to expect in round two's matchup on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more and get started. Like I said on tonight's episode, let's talk about the Jets versus Toronto. After a, a tough overtime loss the other night, Winnipeg was down a couple of key weapons, Velarde, Shifley, and then halfway through the game, Josh Morrissey. It went to overtime, and Winnipeg fell after uh, Neil Pionk unfortunately made a very bad decision. Nick Robertson intercepted the pass, and like that, you know, the game was over. So the Jets this time are, are coming with a little bit more of, uh, I would say, some some help, right? We're, we're finally getting a couple of players back. I think the Jets are going to be aggressive. You know, they were really aggressive in the first game, but they really couldn't finish. And I think that was kind of the, the theme of the evening. You know, both teams had good chances to score. The goalies stopped all, you know, pretty much everything that they, they could face. And, you know, the, the Jets... We're definitely down some key players. If Morrissey had been in that game for the whole evening, the outcome might have been a little bit different. But I feel like, you know, the the general theme of the Jets struggling to finish opportunities, that probably wasn't going to change a lot. Now, though, the Jets are getting, hopefully, Gabriel Velarde and Josh Morrissey back. Uh, Mark Shifley is apparently not going to play tomorrow, so that's a little bit of a disappointment. I was hoping that he would be well enough to come back in. I think we've all sort of seen that, you know this team without him is is really not quite uh, not quite having a fun time. Let's be honest. Shifley, I think, really balances the center depth, and this is kind of a point that I made earlier. Is like, look, the Jets have plenty of centers, but whether they are of of capable offensive quality, that has kind of been a little bit of a debatable situation. So, uh, Shifley, hopefully, after the All Star break, will be back and better than ever. I, I am a little concerned that he's been out for so long. I was expecting him to return this game and to not have him play uh, against Toronto either game is kind of shocking. It must mean that he really isn't doing that well and that he really needs the time off. So whatever's ailing him, I just hope that this is kind of it because this team really can't go uh, much further without him. They definitely need a healthy Shifley. Mark coming back would be a blessing. And I think at this point we're seeing, you know, some, some big needs for the Jets when it comes to help down the middle, which is kind of why like Casey Middlestat is really intriguing. I think that he makes a lot of sense for Winnipeg. 
Uh, Elias Lindholm, I don't know what the whole situation with him is. Maybe his lack of scoring over like the past 25 games is going to uh, reduce his price tag. I, I really couldn't tell you. But all I know is that the Jets, for all intents and purposes, are, are really just hanging on until Mark comes back. And then hopefully, you know, after the All-Star break, the Jets are finally going to have, you know, a fully healthy lineup. It's been uh, several months since we've really seen pretty much all of the big guns all together at the same time. I'm hoping that that's going to be, you know, a nice return after the break. But, you know, health is always a funny thing. Maybe the Jets aren't quite uh, 100% there. But let's let's hope that's not the case. So, uh, you know, for the Jets, I think the biggest thing in this game is to really continue with the same approach that they had in the last game. Come out fast, come out swinging, and put Simsonov or whoever's going to be in net under pressure immediately. The Jets are hopefully going to have more finishing talent this time to actually actually capitalize on opportunities. I think Winnipeg, again, had the right approach, had the right mindset, and just kind of got a little bit unlucky that Simsonov apparently decided to stonewall them. That was a little bit of a shock. He's really not been good this year, so the fact that he was able to really frustrate the Jets is pretty wild. But Morrissey coming back is obviously a huge blessing. Josh is one of our most important puck movers, and without him, you can kind of tell that the deep pairs, much like the, the center depth without Shifley, really got shuffled in a way that I don't think was uh, super, super ideal. You know, going from Morrissey to Pionk on your first pairing is a pretty big difference. And, you know, Pionk really tried his best and really tried to uh, carry that that offensive burden as much as possible. But I think we really saw that he just wasn't quite up to uh, up to the task. And like I said, he really did his best, but you could tell like with the turnovers, uh, the, the number of mistakes that he made and the fact that, you know, on the evening, he might have been one of our worst defenders. It just wasn't the role that really suited him. And Toronto, unfortunately, took advantage of uh, one of the mistakes that he did make. It's it's tough, right? You suddenly get thrust back into the 1D role, and it's just not one that I think he was really prepared for, and it doesn't really suit him. So hopefully once Morrissey is back, the pairs are balanced, Pionk gets back into the role that really makes the most sense for him, and he can kind of go back to doing what he does with Dylan, which, you know, for the most part this year has been pretty solid. So, uh, you know, the Jets, I, I like I said, you know, the overtime loss, it did suck. It was kind of a little bit of a heartbreaker, but, you know, Winnipeg has always had this mindset of getting right back on the horse, getting back to what makes uh, this team effective, and hopefully the Jets will be back in better uh, in this second game. I'm, I'm really thinking Winnipeg is going to have a much better outing. We've already seen them beat some of the best teams in the league this year. Toronto is not one of those teams. So for the Jets, this really should be uh, a nice home game and hopefully one last hurrah before the break where the Jets can rest up and get healthy. Now, over the last few weeks, we've seen some really interesting uh, trade rumors and stuff surrounding the Jets, but one of them that really doesn't make sense that kind of came out of nowhere a couple of days ago was somebody, I think, from Sportsnet suggesting the Jets should maybe consider shopping Laurent Brassois. We'll talk about why that really doesn't make any sense and why the Jets are better off just keeping Brassois in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did have a couple of advertisers and friends uh, from across the network that we wanted to shout out. Our first one is, of course, Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And of course, they have 
a great search engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. It helps you ditch the busy work and, of course, allows you to schedule, screen, and message all in one place and lets you connect with candidates faster. And of course, they're not just about speed and efficiency. They want to give you the highest quality matches possible. Of course, you know, for me, as somebody who's actually used Indeed, as somebody looking for work, uh, I can personally attest to how convenient it was. You know, there was a great way to upload your documents, all of the necessary work experience uh, fields and stuff. Again, it was super easy, very structured, and it made applying for jobs, multiple positions at the time, super easy. And so, you know, if you want to join over uh, three and a half million businesses worldwide that are using Indeed, it's a great platform. And I imagine for any employer out there, one of the most convenient, convenient and simple platforms you could possibly use, very powerful, very fast and effective. And of course, we have a special offer for those who listen to our network. Uh, if you you could have a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions to apply. You need to hire, you need Indeed. I just wanted to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is, is finished, and of course the playoffs are still rolling, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 bucks in guar uh, guaranteed in bonus bets, win or lose. For those of you who root for teams that maybe got eliminated in, uh, before they even made the playoffs or just got eliminated over the last week or two, this is a great, great opportunity for you to at least recoup uh, uh, on some of your losses, some of the pain, and get back into a winning mindset. Of course, with FanDuel, their app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to use their uh, use their platform for awesome bets like same-game parlays. They've got brand-new uh, Explore tabs to allow you to find the latest and hottest bets. You can have a great time with the Parlay Hub, which will allow you to find the most popular parlays so that you can get into the winning mindset. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now and make your first bet a chip shot extra point. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about some fun stuff around the Jets, some recent rumors, some recent discussion points. And uh, one of those, of course, has been trades because obviously the Jets are uh, this year in a prime position to make an acquisition or two. But somebody has been talking about perhaps the departure of a player like Laurent Brassois. Now, why on earth would we ever consider that? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I wanted to shout out something really cool the Locked On Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, like I said, uh, Sportsnet, I believe, uh, or at least one of the major networks, a, a very similar one, was discussing the Jets perhaps shopping Laurent Bossois. This was just speculation, though, right? And for me, I thought this was crazy. Uh, I think the the intimation was more that the Jets should consider um, perhaps trading Bossois because of the weakened goalie market. And that, for me, is pretty crazy, right? 
Winnipeg really has no need to move one of its goalies. For for one, moving Brassois is not going to yield a great return. We don't ever really see goalies get that much. Think back to the offseason, right? Uh, this is obviously going to be a little bit different now if we were to revisit it. If, if you know, teams out there knew what they knew about how the season was going to go, maybe the whole Hellebuck trade market would have been turned on its head. But right, at the time in the offseason, Helly could not get a, a single landing spot that the Jets got anywhere near his value in trade package, and he, he didn't really seem to be getting much in the way of cash offers either. The fact that Hellebuck signed an eight-and-a-half-by-eight-year deal I think really speaks to the fact that teams perhaps underestimated how important he would be and how valuable he would be. Maybe they knew that he'd be a great goalie, but perhaps they thought their own goalies were at least going to be competent. But we've seen this year that that's not really been the case. Most teams, you know, with elite starters have seen them all nosedive. I think the league average uh, save percentage is like 9-10 at best, maybe a little bit less. And we're talking some of the top starters like Kishterikin, uh, I think Sorokin's had a rough patch recently. Saros has really struggled. Uh, you know, Vasilevsky hasn't been himself. A lot of goalies this year, a lot of really traditionally good ones, not posting the best numbers. And yet here's Hellebuck with like a 925 this season. So you can tell that Helly has kind of been uh, an absolute stud. But behind him, Bersois has actually been almost just about as good, right? And both had a rough start to the season, but... Helly has been carrying the bulk of the load while Brassois in his limited games has been astoundingly good. And, you know, you see this elite goaltending tandem. Uh, this is very similar to what the um, the Bruins have in Olmark and Swayman. Although I would say in this case, right, it's not like a 1A, 1B. It's like a, a very much Hellebuck's net plus a really, really, really quality backup. But the Jets, if they were to try and trade Brassois, they're just not going to get a return that makes enough of a difference to make trading him worth it. I think the most important thing that you, that you have with Brassois is somebody that you can trust to rest Hellebuck. And I think especially towards the back stretch of the season, that's going to be critical, right? In past years, we've really seen the Jets lean so heavily on Helly that come playoff time, he hasn't had enough rest and he usually gets worn out pretty quickly. Uh, against teams like Vegas and stuff, I feel like we didn't see him have his sharpest series in past years. Um, I, I just think, you know, having somebody who can spell him, you know, towards the back half of the uh, end of the stretch to, to let him get rested up for the playoffs, to give him some time off and let him um, recuperate before what would hopefully be a deep playoff run, I think is so much more valuable than any sort of futures or trade assets that the Jets could get. And the, the intimation and like uh, sort of the suggestion was to use him to upgrade other parts of the team. But again, like if you're going to kind of kneecap yourself in net and suddenly find yourself with a backup who's really not capable of eating more than like 10 starts, why do that? For me, having that elite second goalie is so much more valuable than maybe upgrading your third line. Because for one thing, Look, the Jets are probably going to get Rucker McCrory into this lineup at the end of the season. I, I really do feel like that's that's kind of on the horizon. And the Jets have so many futures and assets that they could trade for another skater of some sort anyways. So to me, there's just no real need to go out of your way to try and move one of your most important pieces in net for a, a player who can upgrade elsewhere when you already have the parts to make that happen externally. So for me, 
don't trade Brassois. You're not going to find a like a backup that's really going to do the same level of work. And honestly, the Jets can just upgrade the roster elsewhere. If anything, the Jets would probably want to move either one of their defenders or one of their bottom six forwards instead to make room for another player. And of course, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, maybe somebody like Appleton or Ayafalo, obviously Logan Stanley, maybe even Chisholm at some point or Schmidt. I mean, there's a lot of guys that the Jets might have to consider letting go. And, you know, hopefully Winnipeg can bring in some really talented finishers, finishers and stuff to give this team the best chance at a deep playoff run. But one of the guys that's recently hit the trade market that could be uh, <laughs> what you would call an upgrade and certainly somebody that Winnipeg fans are, are very familiar with is Patrick Laine. Could he return? I know we've talked about it in the past. It wasn't really a thought back then, but now that he's openly being shopped, Maybe the Jets have a chance at taking a run at him, and maybe it might even make some sense. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I just wanted to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your vehicle alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, headlights, and so much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one car, you'll find exactly what you're looking for, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time, or you get your money back. With eBay, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your vehicle into the MVP and bring home the victory. Keep your car alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us as we are talking about a name that a lot of Jets fans have uh, some, some fondness for. Obviously, not everyone, I think, loves uh, this particular player, the way that I think a number of us do. And I respect that. I think, you know, the way that Patrick Laine left the Jets uh, a couple of years ago was perhaps not on the best of terms. But you know what they say, time sometimes softens hearts and makes people rethink things. And I think Laine has kind of seen, you know, how rough things can be with, say, another organization like Columbus. When the trade happened, obviously, uh, I don't think any of us ever foresaw what would come out of it for the Dubois side of things, turning into the whole L.A. trade and the Jets, you know, suddenly being turned around this season into a true juggernaut. But Liney, for his part, uh, was has kind of been, you know, a bit up and down for, for Columbus. He's been asked to do a lot of things that I would think I would never have expected him to do, like play as a center again. Um, and, you know, when you look at some of his underlying numbers over the past couple of years, Last year, he was actually really good, uh, both defensively and offensively. He had a huge impact on the shooting percentage of his line and also generally limited chances against. He was very helpful in transition, though he's not the most fleet of foot skater. And of course, he was still finishing opportunities, shooting like between 12 and 14 percent. But then injuries, of course, really sideline things. Uh, he had a broken clavicle, I think, this year, thanks to a slew foot. So things this season have really uh, taken a turn for the worse. He's really posting rock bottom numbers compared to his usual scoring rates. And it's been a brutal, brutal year. And when you think about how bad the Blue Jackets have been, it makes a lot of sense. I've seen people say, well, you know, 
Pascal Vincent knows what's going on. He was an insider here with the Jets. He knows his attitude, and he doesn't even want him. Why should we want him back? And I think to really trust um, you know, an organization that has proven it has no idea how to win, for me, is sort of putting faith in the wrong uh, folks, right? Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know the Jets have been perfect. Winnipeg has made plenty of mistakes itself, but you know what? Seeing Yarmo Kekalainen and Pascal Vincent really run the Blue Jackets into the ground the past year or so, and especially with the way that they've handled some of their really young talent uh, like David Juracek, for me, I just I wonder if getting Liney out of there and putting him in a much more supportive environment would reveal the side of him that really was exciting to watch and super fun. So. How likely is it that the Jets could acquire Patrick Liney? Well, without significant salary retained, almost impossible. The Jets would have to move a lot of money out, and I just don't know that there's a desire to do that, especially with you know Liney having another couple of years in his contract. You'd probably have to ask Columbus to eat like two to three million, and I just don't know that they would really want to do that. They don't have you know a lot of flexibility, anyways, but. Assuming that the Blue Jackets would be willing to be talked into it, I would say like two and a half to three million would suddenly make a lot of sense, right? You know, line A at 5.7 for like two to three years or even like six and a half would be a lot more palatable. And I think you could actually make a couple of pieces move uh, to, to have this happen. You know, you could send Columbus um, some futures. And I think, you know, in terms of what line A would bring to this lineup, if you're looking for like an elite finisher who, who can not only fix your power play, but also provide an elite shooting threat for your top nine elsewhere in the lineup, you're really not going to find many better shooters than line A. No one has figured them out yet. Look, look, the, the Blue Jackets, I think, are just a very bad team. So you can look at it as depressed goal totals and make all of the narratives you want. But I can tell you, I don't think it's quite as you know true as you might imagine it to be. I think if he comes to the Jets, he's going to start posting like 35 or 40 goal seasons again. Winnipeg is a much better place to find uh, scoring opportunities and to take advantage of take advantage of the elite finishing talent uh, that's already here. He's going to be bit fed by like Mark Shifley, you know, Vlad Nemesnikov, Perfetti, Ehlers, all of these guys who are great players and much more talented than some of the roster players that he's been playing with recently. For me, I just feel like this is a much better environment. And we, with Wheeler gone, the vibes are different. Bonus might be, you know, a little bit different in his approach with line A2 versus how Paul Maurice was. I just feel like in terms of, where these two um, parties are at in their uh, timelines, it's just a lot different than when Line A left. And I think Winnipeg could actually uh, come out on the winning side because obviously, you know, Line A is kind of an expensive asset and the Blue Jackets are probably eager to get out of that contract. You might actually be able to kind of swindle them into something uh, that they end up regretting in a few years with the right sort of retention and trade assets. So I think the Jets should consider it. I don't think it's likely and I don't think it's really possible, but I think I would consider it all the same, especially because this year's trade market doesn't look great for uh, high-end finishing assets. There's not many players who are going to bring Line's elite release and skill sets. I just don't really see that many guys out there who could do it. And if you use uh, Line's last season as more of a measuring stick, Patrick was really good last year. I mean, he was almost like a point per game. And I think compared to uh, a lot of the other players out there that the Jets could trade for, there's just not many that are are his caliber of finisher and creative uh, force, right? He had 52 points in 55 games um, the season before he was a point per game. 
I, I really feel like there's still something there. And if his feelings and, and thoughts have changed with how, you know, he left versus his return, I think this fan base would honestly embrace him a lot more than they would reject him. Uh, it'd kind of be like your prodigal son returning after a long absence away. And maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't know. All I know is, like, compared to a lot of the other players that the Jets could trade for, you're just not going to get somebody who, A, fits Winnipeg's timeline, B, is familiar with the team in City, and C, you know, Jets fans would basically welcome with open arms if he does what he does best. If anyone, you know, is one of those players that you could say, I could fix him and, and honestly really mean it, I think Lani is probably one of those guys that makes the most sense for a salvage case like this. But I don't know. Obviously, I have a lot of reservations about it. I think his health is definitely of concern, whether it's luck or his body failing him. I don't know. And with the contract being the way that it is and still being pretty expensive with term, obviously, if things go really south, the Jets have a massive anchor on the roster that they can't do anything with. But sometimes if you really want to swing for the fences and go for broke, you've got to be willing to take the risk. And I think Line A is one of the few players where I would almost feel irrationally you know, comfortable with taking that swing and trying for it to see what happens. But let me know what you think in the comments below. I'm sure you're all going to say that's crazy. No way he made his choice. Let's be uh, done with it. But maybe you have a change of heart and think about it a little more. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below or at my social media as NHL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. Stay tuned this weekend for an episode recapping Winnipeg's performance against Toronto. I am hoping to report on a big victory. But like I said, that is all the time that we have for tonight. As always, have a great night. Go Jets go and see you tomorrow.